Hello, everyone, and welcome again for another episode of M365 Voice. We are doing a special podcast today with some wine tasting and some beer tasting. Cheers, Cheers. everyone. Cheers. And <laughs> my day. name is Mike Monarani, and we have Sarah. Sarah Hazi. And Antonio Mayo. And are we ready for another question from the jar? I think so. Uh, we it's are. Just have to put entertaining one with the wine. Absolutely. Yeah, we decided to bring a little something different to the podcast today. So it'll be a little uh, vino and beer and and podcasting topics. So hopefully that'll only enhance the answers that we have for these magical questions, right? I always tell everyone I answer better questions when I'm having a drink. So let's right. see. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. So magical question cup. You ready? All right. Um, hmm. What's the difference between SharePoint hub sites and home sites, and how many can you have? Oh, okay. It's a good question. It's a good question. I love this question because I I actually enjoy talking about home sites and hubs. Exactly. You do a lot of hub talks. I do a lot of hubs, hub talks. Yes. Um, so I can certainly get us started on this one, um, but I'm going to be, I can lead us off and then I have a couple of questions for both of you about what you're seeing about hub sites and home sites out in the wild or conversations that mm -hmm. you're seeing with your clients. So um, home sites, it's very exciting. Microsoft officially finished rolling out home sites globally. So everyone now has the ability in their Office 365 tenant to set up a home site. Um, you're allowed one home site per tenant because a home site is meant to be your landing page literally for your tenant. It's a SharePoint communication site that you can elevate to a home site. It has to be a SharePoint communication site. You elevate it to your home site and your global admin will have to do that via PowerShell. So you're only allowed one home site and it's meant to be, like I said, that intranet style landing page. Doesn't actually have to be your company intranet, but consider it almost like your Microsoft 365 home if you will, in the sense that it's going to deliver organizational news, personalized data, um, um, very great interaction with things like Yammer and Stream and all of your other content. So you can have one home site. Um, you can now have up to 2,000 hubs per Office 365 tenant. Um, uh, remember that hub sites are only available in SharePoint Online. They just missed the cutoff for having hubs be available as part of SharePoint Server 2019. So it won't be in SharePoint Server 2019. It's only in SharePoint Online. And you can have up to 2,000 hubs. And that's a hard limit, meaning that if you have 2,000 hubs and you work for a, a, a large organization, which Antonio, both you and I do, when you go to create your 2,001st, you'll get a red error message. Right? So you're going to have to um, basically draw back one of those hubs or demote it away from a hub status to create a new one. Um, hubs can be created either in the modern Office 365 Admin Center or via PowerShell. Either way, but again, by an admin. Sarah, can I ask that 2000 limit, has that increased recently? It hasn't increased in, oh, I yeah. think, over a year now. When they first okay. rolled out hubs back in, I think it was early 2018, they had a limit of 50 per tenant. Okay. Um, then they increased it to 100 per tenant, I think, back in, I want to say, August of 2018. And then I think okay. last year in early 2019, they increased it up to like 2,000, and it's held there for the last year. Okay. Okay, good. So 
I do talks about home sites and hubs, so this is a great question for me. But what I often find when I'm talking to users, about home sites just finished rolling out, right? They announced it a year ago at the SharePoint conference in Las Vegas, just finished rolling out WorldRide within the last month. Yep. But hubs have been out now for a couple of years. Um, I often find that when I talk to people about hubs, that they're just trying to wrap their head around them that yeah. it's not well understood yet. What are you all seeing when you're talking with potential customers or people that are looking at hubs? Do you think it's people are far down the path or they're still dipping their toe in the water? Yes, with with many uh, with many implementations I've done before, and even when I go and talk about modern SharePoint intranet sites and what bring up the hub, a lot of people are confused. What is a hub? How do I do it? How do I organize sites within a hub? What what's the difference between a regular site and a hub site and it just there's a lot of confusion around they think a hub site is just a special site that you create a hub site rather than having a communication site promoted to be a hub site or a team site to be a hub site so there's still a lot of confusion in understanding how the hub site works yeah i would agree um our customers are still at the early stages of understanding what hubs are and how they can use them um I think I have one customer out of many that's actually using hubs and they just have a few. They just have a very small number. It's it's not even really factoring into the information architecture discussions yet. Like, Do you think that they're having those kind of information architecture discussions? Because and, and maybe to frame up that question more broadly, I know, Mike, you deliver a great top, a great talk on modern uh, SharePoint modern sites, and I've seen you deliver that even a couple of years ago, right, about going from classic to modern. I think a lot of people, a lot of organizations are making that move over to modern, Yes. but are they talking about information architecture or do they just have all of these flat modern sites and they're not necessarily building any kind of information architecture to tie them together? So we, we do talk to a lot of our customers, almost all of our customers about information architecture. We help to lead those sessions on information architecture. And usually one of the key factors in that is sites and site navigation. Then we go on to metadata, library, folder structure, um, um, taxonomy, content types, all of that. Um, rarely do hub, factor, hub sites actor factor, actually factor into that discussion yet though. Um, they are moving ahead with modern sites, as you mentioned. Very much everyone we talk to wants to use modern sites. No one really wants to use classic sites anymore. So, so people have made that leap. Uh, but they are looking at a flat site architecture, purely flat. So just a big giant list of site collections. Um, they're avoiding subsites, so that message has gotten through. Um, but rarely, again, just one customer so far in the last couple of years is really considering um, using hub sites in a meaningful way. How about you, Mike? Yeah, same here. What I what I don't start at all with hub sites because from an information architecture, if you start talking about hub sites, you're going to confuse everyone. We yeah. start with the information architecture, like Antonio said, as a flat one, and uh, I extend it sometimes to the team, to the Microsoft Teams. Uh, yeah. Although, uh, quote unquote, or technically, it's not part of an information architecture, but you have to include it from a, a collaboration piece, from a team size perspective, you have to include that information architecture because you have to include um, the content types and metadata. And once we define that, we go to each department or business unit and we define what they need from, from a site perspective, then I come back and say, okay, we have defined this 
one level information architecture, all the sites that we have. Let's see how we are going to group them together in a meaningful way and put them in a hub site. And at that point, they can start gasping a bit on how hub sites will work. I think that that's a really smart move. Shocking. It's going to be shocking to hear that the librarian loves talking about hub sites and information architecture and tying things together logically. I know you're shocked, absolutely surprised. But I like the approach that you took, Mike, because it really separates things out because otherwise people get lost. If you yeah. introduce hubs and then you ask them, take all of these uh, data points and start organizing them into sites and then start organizing your sites into hubs, they automatically start thinking about their sites or hubs as site collections. And we yes. don't want them to do that because that's the easy thing to do, but hubs are not site collections for anyone listening um, who maybe hubs are new to them. Site collections in uh, previous versions of SharePoint was a physical structure that housed your um, parent and child sites. So subsites were actually physically denoted in site collections. You could see it in the URL as you built out your site collection hierarchy and structure, your URL got longer and longer as you drilled further down into your subwebs. Hubs are logical ties, so every site maintains its modern flat um, site collection status, and you simply associate a site to a hub, and then it inherits the branding of that hub. It uh, inherits the hub uh, navigation bar, which is an extra navigation bar, and then roll up news and events, web parts, and things like that with a hub. Um, so I like the way that you thought about that, Mike, to first nail down your sites and then after they've got that concept, then introduce how do we group them together and introduce them to the term hubs after you've done the talk yeah. about the grouping. Exactly. Yeah, we our, our discussions in for information architecture go as far as sites and site navigations and what type of processes are you going to have for creating sites, managing sites, requesting sites. We're often coming at it with our customers from a records management standpoint though, also, where we're focused more on what, and this isn't all the time, This is, but this is with many of our customers. Um, what type of information architecture do you need to support your record retention schedule uh, in order to facilitate automated policies that apply retention schedules? And they often wanna rely on content types and metadata. That you know factors heavily into our information architecture discussions. So. When you take that into account, if you're coming at at SharePoint information architecture from a records management standpoint, and then you look at hubs and what hubs provides, and maybe this is something that I need a bit of clarification on because I don't I don't know hubs super well, so maybe you can uh, fill us in a little bit more on this, Sarah. Um, what I understand hubs do is they group sites together, relevant sites together. They allow news to be aggregated from the sites within a hub up to the hub level. They take a theme at the hub level and enforce it down on, so a visual theme at the hub level and enforce it down on the, the sites within the hub. And they allow you to have a, a menu, a mega menu uh, across the sites within the hub as well. Is there more than that? And do I have that correct? Yeah. Um, there are a couple more things. Go ahead, Mike. No, just thought of that. Why don't you finish it? Uh, so um, you do have the hub site navigation bar, which can be a mega menu or not. So you have that choice. Um, the only thing that I would clarify is I find if I use if I use the phrase of um, your hub site um, basically pushes the branding down to the sites associated with the hub, people start thinking of it like a site collection. So I, so I usually try and say it pushes it across. And that's a very subtle difference. But as soon as we say the word down, people think hierarchy. 
And That's it's so subtly yeah. different. Um, uh, so you've got your news and events roll up, um, your news roll up and events roll up, which is relatively new. You've got your hub site navigation bar, your customized branding. Um, you can have a custom footer uh, for the hub as well. And then Mike, did you have anything that I'm missing? Yes, a few things actually. That is the search. If you are, if you search from the hub, it's going to search all the sites that are associated mm -hmm. with the hub as well. That's a great point. Search is, is, is a great thing as well. And then takes them back to the site collection based search as well. If you search a site collection, it's going to search all the subsites. So search, it will search across all the sites associated with it. A uh, couple of web parts, I think that it is the highlighted content web part also. It will allow you to bring all the documents from all the associated sites into, into, the, into the hub site as well. Okay. I love the way he said that from all of the associated sites. And it's a mouthful to say when you say I want to associate a site to a hub but or join a site to a hub. Um, but I like the vernacular that uh, Microsoft has chosen, I think is very uh, meaningful and it's purposeful, right? Because it doesn't indicate it's a logical tie, not a physical tie. So I think that that's oftentimes the most important thing to try and get people to understand. I actually think one great way to think about hubs, I remember all the way back in SharePoint 2007, Moss 2007 days, having people ask me, we just want, if a new site is created and it's related to HR, we just want it to have the HR look and feel, and we don't want to have to manually recreate it. And I think for many people, if they realize that hubs would allow them to quickly and easily manage so that all of their IT sites looked the same, they would want to embrace hubs if for no other reason than that leading indicator. And I think it's something that a lot of people just don't realize that hubs provide. Okay. And that's that a force enforcing a theme uh, across the sites within a hub. There you go. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Not using the word down because it implies a hierarchy, which is not really, I think. So if you go back to the question, then the mm -hmm. difference between a home site and a hub site, we oh. can we can definitely make a home site as a hub site as well. There's nothing stopping us from making the home site a hub site. Right, you can use a hub That's site true. as your home site, correct. Um, now you're, sorry if I can interrupt you, Mike. Sarah, you did say your home site needs to be a communication site. Has to be a communication site. So keep in mind, not every hub site needs to be a communication site. That's is that where you're going, ask. Antonio? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about. Actually, a classic site can be a hub site. Don't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so yeah, so to be clear, um, almost, yeah, you can make a team site, a communication site into a hub, um, but you can only make a communication site into a home site. And we should point out because we've talked about the unique things that hubs have and some of those unique capabilities, home sites have other capabilities. Um, and I'm going to say it's it's basically, it, it is a it, it is a communication site that is really ratcheted up about 10 notches in terms of what it can do. They have uh, different layouts and some custom web part integrations that they talked about when they first introduced home sites that are going to be out there. And I really recommend that people go out and take a look at the SharePoint lookbook um, to be able to get uh, examples of what hub sites and home sites could look like, because I think a picture is worth a thousand words that a hub site really is. I think about hubs in terms of large departmental organizations, like all of your HR sites might be might be logically tied together in a hub. 
um, to make a family of sites that are related to HR. But a home site is much more of a, um, we all work for a, um, a uh, worldwide company. And when we go to our home site, we see news that's tied to our specific region and maybe our department, maybe it's localized in our specific language, and we can see information that is just targeted to us. So that's how I would explain some of those differences between a hub and a home site. So question to that point. So when I go and I enable a communication site and set it as a home site, does that PowerShell command will light up those extra web parts that are not available yes. on a team and a communication site? Yes, it does. Ah, interesting. interesting. It so gives the you extra powers. The targeting you mentioned. So I can have a home site for a global organization and every employee that goes to it, they see news from their local region. You could set up your personalization to work that way. Now, I'm going to say, Antonio, that you know that when we start talking about personalization, then we start talking about how are we going to personalize. And that relies on your security setup, right? Because how are you going to determine uh, department or geographic region? And uh, we've talked about that in several of our recent episodes, right? That you're going to have to rely on things like your Active Directory groups, your Office 365 right. groups, et cetera, to That's be right. able to uh, handle that um, personalized content for you. So you'll be able to personalize the content as well as you have your groups set up. Okay. Because I remember a couple of years ago, even before SharePoint Modern sites were out, um, building exactly that for a global auto parts manufacturer. So we built that for an auto parts manufacturer based in Mexico, where we did exactly that. They had 20 offices around the world and they wanted their news to be personalized based on um, the, the location that each person was, was based in. So exactly, we had to make sure that our Active Directory groups and attributes were con excuse me, configured appropriately and security was configured appropriately. And it was actually a lot of work to build that. So I'm wondering if home sites today would help to simplify that and make that a lot easier to do. I think that that's exactly the goal, because I even remember that back in the day, we could do audience targeting of web parts yeah. um, based on SharePoint permission groups, even back in the Moss 2007 days. But it was a lot of work to set up all of those moving pieces, and you really had to understand those permission groups. And I think the whole idea behind home sites is to really enrich what people could create out of the box with SharePoint. Now, you can always use those third-party partners that we know and love to be able to extend it even further with custom designs and things like that and really enrich that capability. But I think easier out of the box is what Microsoft was going for. Absolutely. Now, once you configure, this is a question that I had, um, once you configure a site as a home site, how do you access that home site? Is it just a matter of going to the Office 365 home page and hitting SharePoint? Does that actually take you to the home site? It depends on how you have your tenant set up. So from in a browser perspective, you'll have um, it'll have a basically a more streamlined URL to get to that home site once you um, have it set up as your home site. Depending on if you have an organizational logo on your Office 365 bar, you can set it up so that when you click on your company logo in your Office 365 bar that it will take you to that home site. Um, an even easier experience is the SharePoint online mobile app. So if you go to the SharePoint mobile app, as soon as you have a home site, and I did this in my personal tenant, as soon as home sites rolled out to my tenant, I set aside 
as a home site using PowerShell. It was easy enough. Even the librarian could do it. That's my joke. But I was able to do it quickly and easily. And when I go to the SharePoint mobile app, there's a home icon in the upper left-hand corner of the app, and that's how I get to that home site in the SharePoint mobile app. So it's really sweet to be able to get to that very quickly and easily. Yeah. Yeah, so the cool. question, if you set up a site as a home site, can you unset it? Can you revert back? If I want to set another site as a home site, is that how you do it? Or is there a PowerShell command that will unhome, if you want to call it, a site? So that's a good question that I actually don't know the answer to. I do know that you can set a home site and then I believe you can run the same PowerShell command to set a different SharePoint communication site as your home site. What I don't know is if you can unhome a site, meaning if you want to go from having a home site to just not having a home site. I, I don't know if there's a command for that, so I think we'd have to talk to the product team on that one. I can confirm for hubs, however, that you can make a site a hub and then you can unhubify it if that was actually a verb, um, you can unhubify it. There is one tip um, that I want to talk about before we close out. I have had people ask me, it is very easy. One of the great features of hubs is that it's very easy to change your hub site associations. So um, if you have, um, I love this example because it's a simple one. If you have a, a, a Europe, Middle East and Asia sales group, we're going to call them the EMEA sales group. And let's say as a company, we constantly are uh, realigning our organization. And sometimes we want that EMEA sales group to be reporting into the EMEA region. And sometimes we want them reporting into the sales department. Mm -hmm. Every time that they reorganize, all we have to do in is go into that EMEA sales SharePoint site, go to the hub site dropdown and simply associate it to either the sales hub or the EMEA hub, and it will immediately rebrand it. Now, here's the thing. If you associate a site to a hub and then you remove that hub site association, which you can do, so now it's not tied to any associated to any hub at all, it will maintain the custom theme and branding from the last hub it was associated with. True. Now, here's what gets people. If Antonio, you created the most gorgeous SharePoint online site that you have ever built okay. with custom theming and branding, it is the fan, most fantastic thing you have ever built. And you say, I don't know what this hub site dropdown is on the site information page, but I'm going to play with it and I'm going to associate this site to an IT hub. And you associate it to a hub and then it repaints or redraws your site, right? Because they're going to inherit the branding and you say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go back to that hub site dropdown and I'm going to take away that association to that hub. Guess what you're left with? The previous branding. The previous branding from the IT hub. There is no undo to go back to your original branding for the site before you ever associated it to a hub. You have to apply your site script and or site design. That's so that's the one thing. Yeah. Right. So you better hope that you had a site script and a site designed for that branding because otherwise that's, it is lost to you and you will have to recreate it. That is a great tip. Well, that was a really very, very good question because it's uh, it's widely asked among the community and organizations and companies embracing the corporate intranets in modern world. Thank you, Sarah. This is a lot of information. We learned a lot of things and Antonio as well. And thanks everyone for watching and stay tuned for another episode. And thank you for the drinks. Bye everybody. Thank you. All right.